This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. And I'm very pleased to welcome to the show somebody that you will recognize if you love your Vancouver Canucks because you remember Corey Hirsch. And he's here not to talk hockey on this trade deadline day, but something, well, I'm going to say even more important. Corey, thanks for being with us. Hey, Jody, thank you for having me today. I just uh, finished the trade deadline, so I'm uh, I'm all yours. I love this. Good timing. <laughs> well, I was scrolling through my social media, and I saw a picture of you and another fabulous uh, former Canuck alumni in Kirk McLean. You guys are working on a project that I thought our listeners would be very interested in. Yeah, it's um, you know I, I don't know a ton about the project in terms of what I can uh, what I can say and what I what I can't say about it right now, but it's uh, the government is is really trying to make a dent in the in the opioid crisis and 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 helping these people that are really struggling and uh, ultimately the what Kirk and I are in it for is is to encourage men that are our age or even a little bit younger. I'm getting up there in, in years. Hey, easy but, there, pal. We're yeah. the same age. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Yeah. But it's to encourage. It, it, there's a real issue with men and getting help right now. And it, it's um, we're, Kirk and I are, are, are trying to get the word out to let other men out there know that, you know what, it's okay to not be okay, that um, you can still be a man and you can still be a strong man and you can still uh, do a lot of wonderful things uh, that there's no shame in going and getting help. And, you know, masculinity sometimes keeps us from that um, because of, you know, our upbringing as men, right? And we're taught not to talk about our stuff and, and not to show, you know, any, any vulnerability. And, you know, what really what Kirk and I are doing is trying to help get the word out with through the government that, um, you know what, it's okay to show vulnerability and it's okay to get help. And you know what, Hershey, I just love this so much as a mother of a 12-year-old, you know, because he can hear it all day from me and he roll his eyes. Yeah, mom, you're supposed to say that. But guys talking to guys about it being okay to not be okay and need a hand is cool. Yeah, and that's that's exactly it, right? It's it's um i have a, a 19 year old son and it's the same thing for me and and you know it's people i i think look at kirk and i as professional athletes or, or were um which you know in hockey which is one of the most manly macho things you can be um but you know as we talk you and i have said mental health doesn't discriminate it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete a doctor a lawyer working construction work you know uh what doing whatever um and it it's it's up to you know men like Kirk and I to try and get the word out. Like even just because we grew up in a locker room and we were hockey players, and um, that it's okay to go and get help. That it's okay to show vulnerability. That um, you know suffering in silence is not being any more of a man than than getting help. Right. In actual getting help is what makes you a man. And can I specifically reference your piece in the Players Tribune of February 15th, 2017? Share with our listener who may not be aware of what of what it took for you to get to the point where sharing that uh, was a necessity and what's happened since. Yeah, well, I mean, the, a big part of the reason I shared it was is because I know there's a lot of other people out there that struggle just like I did. Uh, but also, it took me 20 years to get that out, right? I mean, from from time I was diagnosed to the time that article came, so it wasn't like it was just overnight. And I was like, yeah, it took me a long time to come to terms with um, being able to share publicly, you know, what I went through it, and that was a lot of that was due to stigma and and toxic, you know, and masculinity and, and being a like I didn't want to 
show anybody that I had issues or vulnerability. But what I realized was is that, you know, it makes, like we talked about, it, it makes you more of a man to be able to go and get help um, and be better for those around you, better for your families, better for your friends. Um, and we're in a real crisis right now with, with our suicide rates for middle-aged men is, is off the charts. Um, and that needs to change. So tell our listener what you were dealing with uh, and what your diagnosis was. Yeah. So I, I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. And a lot of people think obsessive compulsive disorder is, uh, you know, hand washing or being neat or overly organized, right? I mean, that, that was kind of the, the, uh, the understanding of what OCD was. But when my article came out, it kind of blew the doors off of that because OCD, the type of OCD that I have is all done in my head. So it's, you know, it's a lot of re- repetitive, deep, dark thoughts that I didn't want there that I, I couldn't get rid of. And the best way I can explain it is, is you know, you're driving down the road, there's traffic coming towards you, and we've all had that thought of swerving, you know, what if I swerve my car in the other lane, and, and blah, blah, blah. Most people go, after something, a thought like that, they go, well, that was a silly thought, and they go on with their day, and they uh, and nothing, they don't really think of it again. Someone like me with obsessive-compulsive disorder, I would ruminate on it, I would wonder why I had that thought, and then eventually I would just stop driving my car, you know, terrified of something terrible happening. Um, <laughs> So that's kind of the OCD that I had that that wasn't quite understood. And, um, you know, it took me, like I said, it took it took me from point of, uh, you know, diagnosis to getting help. I need took 10 years, which is way too long. Uh, we need to shrink those wait times for people and have a better referral system. And then it was another 10 years before my article came out. So I'm thankful we're getting to a place now where you know, uh, uh, the stigma is kind of ending. People are talking, uh, but now we need to get people the help they need. And what ended up helping you? Uh, really therapy, just finding a therapist that knew how to do uh, therapy called ERP. So exposure response prevention. It's like uh, CBT, but it's like on steroids. It's, uh, it's really difficult. <laughs> it was not fun. No. I did not enjoy it, but it changed my life. Um, and it, you know what? And it was about finding the right therapist, um, you know, it's like you don't go, you don't, you don't blow out your knee and then go and see a shoulder surgeon, right? Right. Um, you, you go see a knee surgeon. So with obsessive compulsive disorder, I needed to find somebody that specialized in, in OCD. And then I finally realized that that's what I needed. And then I went and found someone that did. And that's what helped me. I got to say, Corey, what you're doing, I'm, I've known you for a long time. I'm so proud of you for being as, as open and vocal and driven as you are. Just, I'm... I need to tell you that I'm proud of you. And I think what you're doing is making a difference every day, including right now today. And, and there are so many people who have, who have watched you and looked up to you who now feel like they've been given the go-ahead to be able to say out loud, I suffer from anxiety and I don't know what to do. And that's the first step, right? It, it really is. And, you know, and thank you for saying that. I, I, don't, I don't feel you know, any different. But it's, uh, I, I know that, you know, just it's getting the word out and just, yeah. and just talking about it. Like, wh- why, why, is, is, why can we talk about someone, if I had a heart issue, I'd be able to tell everybody, right? right? But all of a sudden, if something in my brain, which is a physical part of my body, which is the most complex part of our body we have, we don't quite understand it, why do we expect them to be perfect? They're not perfect. They're mm-hmm. going to break. It's just, it's just the way it is. We're humans. We're physical beings. Nobody's brain on the planet is perfect. No. And, you know, we need to let people know that, you know what, like we talk about, it's okay to not be okay. And it's, it's okay to go get help because 
um, you know, what you you'll go get help for a sore knee or a heart issue, but you won't get some go get help for something that's going on in your brain. That makes absolutely zero sense to me. And somebody who might have something going on in their brain might feel I'm broken and I'm beyond repair, and that's just not the case. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly it. Right? Is is that you're not broken and you're not beyond repair. There's help available. There's um, you know, there's lots of programs out there. There's lots of good therapists, good doctors. There's there's so much at our fingertips, medications, everything. Um, but you have to take that first step. You have to go get the help. Um, you can't force somebody to go get help. Uh, so it's up to the individual to go and get it done. So having that conversation around the dinner table, or I love this um, this guy out of the, the U.S. just started like a dog walking uh, program for buddies. Guys walking dogs with guys. And, uh, you know, it might take them 10, 15, 50 dog walks to kind of get to pass the, hey, how's it going, what's new? But they eventually <laughs> get there. Like, it, it's just don't, it. don't stop the conversation and, and find the guy in your life you feel comfortable talking with. If it's not cool for you, if you feel like you can't tell your gal or you really don't want to talk to your parents or, you know, find, find the person. Yeah, no, right. and DM me, text me, I'll, I'll listen, right? And that's, and that's the other side of it too, Jody, is the biggest thing, if someone comes to you with a mental health issue or wants to talk, the biggest thing you can do and the greatest gift you can give them is just to listen. You're not qualified to solve their problems. Right. You're not qualified to deal with their anxiety or depression. That's, you know, that's something else. A lot of times people just want to talk and they want to know that they're okay. Um, and that the, the greatest gift is that you can listen without judgment uh, without judgment is a key um, because none of us are perfect human beings and encourage them to go get help. Encourage that therapy is available that, you know what, they might not right away come to you um, per se. Somebody, if you, but if you let somebody know that you're safe to talk to and that you're not going to judge them and that you're going to get them help, eventually they will come to you. It might yeah. be two weeks, it might be six months, it might be a year, but if a person is struggling and you let them know that you're a safe person to talk to, um, eventually they'll probably open up to you. Big piece of the puzzle. My, my favorite three words, I hear you. Yeah. My uh, favorite three. I love it. Yeah. Uh, you know what? And that's, that's fantastic. I'm going to use that. I'm stealing that. It's all yours. <laughs> you take it, buddy. And how do people find you? Well, I'm on Twitter at yep. Corey Hirsch. Um, I'm on Instagram at Corey Hirsch 72, uh, Facebook I'm on. So I'm, I'm easily accessible and, um, I might not get to you right away, but I'll eventually get to your messages and, and we'll see if, uh, you know, if we can help you. But again, it's, you know, and, and not to discount the females in this because there's females out there that struggle too. And, and but, uh, you know, my my personal uh, where I'm trying to make an impact is on youth, of course, um, uh, because I believe that, you know, that we should have basic knowledge in middle school, high school yeah. uh, of you know, mental health. Uh, and the other, you know, my other impact is I hope that I got their middle-aged men see me and, and they go and get help and that it's, you know, like it, that it's okay that, you know, you can still be a hockey player or a broadcaster or whatever. Uh, and you can still, I'm still a man. You <laughs> are. Man it doesn't change. And a fabulous man <laughs> at that. Corey, thank well, you for thank doing you. this, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're Jerry. awesome. Corey Hirsch, former Vancouver Connects goaltender. Of course you knew that. And now a Connects analyst on Sportsnet 650. You can find him on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'll make sure that I put a link to this conversation up on Twitter if you just tuned in and went, hey, I want to hear that.